Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports for August 19th, 2019. As always, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside the leader of the esports goons, your favorite co-host, James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Which one's the leader? Is it like, am I the president? No, you're the vice president. I, however, you want it. I have no idea how to work this into the intro yet. You're forcing me to continue to call everyone esports goons, which you two dubbed. So you two are the leaders. You figure the rest out. We can do an election or something for president. Well, we just I started see- with like, hey, goons, not hey, everyone. And then we would have been happy. But, you know, it's okay, buddy. I see James Moore as like a secretary like a warlord. No. Like like a shogun, you know. And I'm like the emperor of where like he has the power, but like I just like hang out and, and put, like, everything like kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm into this. We can do this. Okay, <laughs> whatever you two want to do, it is all up to you. I have full belief in you and your dictatorship over the esports goons. But that is not why you are all actually here. You're here to listen to us talk about esports each and every week on the Project Esports podcast. Because if you did not know, each and every Monday on Twitch.tv at 7 p.m. Pacific time? No, Atlantic t- What time zone am I in? 7 p.m. PST, <laughs> 10 p.m. EST. There we go. And and uh, James's time doesn't matter because it's nope. It's a fake time zone. It does not exist. Time zones are hard, but each and every week we do talk about the biggest news in esports, and all three of us give our opinions on it, give more information about it, and whatever else we do want to talk about. And today we have a little bit of a more packed episode. I feel like it's going to be a very good episode for Dylan to rant. Every episode is, but I feel like this one especially. Um, and we do not necessarily have any big housekeeping um, before we jump into it, um, tonight's episode, but a couple things I do want to say. We are sitting at one follower away on twitter from 100 followers so if someone wants to go and give us a follow on the project i mean the popped off account on twitter that would be awesome it's twitter.com slash popped underscore off hitting that 100 would be cool after sitting at 99 for a couple of days and the second one is we also do have a really big announcement coming up later this week on the popped off Twitter account. It is not necessarily associated with Project Esports, but it's all the same over here. So do make sure to go follow that account for that announcement. I'm sure a lot of you guys that especially hang out on the pre and post show will really enjoy that. But let's actually jump into the esports content you are all here for. And before we get into anything, it's not necessarily a news topic, but I just want to say that this weekend for esports content, tournaments, all that kind of stuff was crazy i mean what we had a rainbow six major at raleigh we had ti group stage start and actually i'm pretty sure the grand opening is going on right now for that it Uh, is the uh, the shanghai post harmonic orchestra is performing right now so don't go watch that if you're watching live make sure to watch us watch that later there's always vods um the lcs playoffs happened right now we now know who the finals will be playing for next weekend we have the lec final week the overwatch league final week of the season um and then the cod world championship came down um we're not going to be really talking about the cod world champions that went on this last weekend i mean we saw optic versus 100 thieves play which is something that i really enjoyed seeing kind of the end of the old optic era and them being knocked out by nade shot and the 100 thieves the team that Nate shot helped build was kind of a cool storyline and not the best way I wanted kind of the optic storyline to end, but still kind of weird to see that all coming to an end. And then also TI, we're not going to be mentioning too much about that. Just group stages going on. Like we said, grand final, I'm the grand opening is just going on right now. So maybe a little bit more news going on with that next week, but not talking about too much of those, but I wanted to mention everything that was going on. Um, same with the Rainbow Six Raleigh Major, because they're all big events. We just didn't have any new stories, and we're not just going to recap a lot of the games that kind of came out of it. Um, is there anything from any of those events you guys do want to talk about um, that isn't on today's uh, kind of docket? Um, yeah, because I don't think we actually have it anywhere. So yeah, we don't. Um, we saw a classic case of hosts not knowing their esports at the the Rainbow Six Major, or the uh, at the Raleigh Major, um, 
So for anybody who hasn't seen, probably knows Golden Boy. A lot of people are familiar with him. He's a very well-known host. He's very charismatic, great performer, all the good stuff. Um, after G2, who have a notorious, notorious name for themselves in the Rainbow Six like scene, um, they basically play the villains. They play the villains like they do in League of Legends. Right? They, the organization is almost taking that identity, not just the one team. Um, you know, they uh, they told Golden Boy they'd be getting Pengu on the stage after they beat. Um, I think it was Force. Is uh, the team the team was Force that they beat? And they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get Pengu and you're gonna interview him." So they send out Fabian, and basically every like Golden Boy went through and introduced, introduced him as Pengu, and he goes, "I can tell you don't do this because you don't know who I am." Fabian just called him out on the stage on the spot and like everybody in the crowd you could just just see it's like the secondhand cringe you know what I mean like it was bad man and like Golden Boy could not recover from it at that point and Fabian just like literally strung it along the whole time because like why wouldn't he right it was it was gutless it was a gutless move by Fabian I appreciate it because like he just was like you got you don't know who I am you don't know who I am why are you doing why are you hosting this you know what I mean and uh yeah just roasted him that is brutal i did not yeah. hear about that or see that clip or anything anywhere but i do want to go back and see it now yeah go check it out watch the whole thing watch the whole clip because like fabian just continues to be the villain the entire i think it's about like a minute and 43 seconds or something like that so watch watch the whole thing but yeah yeah that really sucks because golden boy is like a good host too he is, but he didn't know. He didn't know. You could tell the guy's not knowing his research. And apparently, the other, the other primary uh, host for Rainbow Six events has like screwed up a bit in the past. So I think this was like the first attempt of like trying to like mix it up and stuff like that. Uh, it's a sin because a lot of the times you get in other esports, especially like um, like League, you get actual casters or dedicated esports personalities for that team uh, or that for that scene. So you don't ever get this weird overlap. It just seems to be the ones that are just a tier below that you start to see this kind of stuff like rainbow um probably cod i can see that as well because you, you have freelancers that are working not so much people who are dedicated to like you know it's not like ubi's team you know what i mean yeah um so besides that brutal kind of story dylan do you have anything you want to talk about from any of the events or you just want to jump into the actual stories we got uh no i just want to shout out my justice boys uh they closed out the season really well for overwatch league uh ended six and one didn't get that 7-0, uh, oh, unfortunately, but they played so well. They did, and I'm really excited to see them play next season because I love those boys, and they were playing super, super well. So hopefully the 2-2-2 lock treats them super well next season. And I guess I actually did uh, make a mistake at the top of the episode. It is not the final week for OWL. A lot of teams did have their final games last weekend, but there is the LA homestand coming up this weekend, which will be the last official um, games of uh, Season 3 before we move into the Grand Playoffs. Um, because uh, Valiant still have a couple games to play this weekend that will determine their fate. And there's still a couple of teams that still need to win out this weekend um, in order to uh, make it the playoffs. So it'll be a really good, interesting weekend for that. But with that, if there's not too much else we want to talk about from the non-covered events from tonight's episodes, let's jump into the first topic, which is interesting. I mean, I guess I don't know what to say. There's not too much to talk about it, but I'm sure a lot of you have kind of seen, and there's been memes that have kind of came out of it, but... There, so the headline of this event, we got this from Polygon, it was Evo 2019 attendees may have been exposed to the measles. Nice. That's you, buddy. Yeah, so that that's a great thing I want to hear. And the best part about it is my sister knew about it before all these stories went out. She never let know. She worked at MGM this summer. She never let me know or anything like that. And she's like, oh, how did he find out? So it sounds like... um. We don't. They don't know if they were actually at the Evo event. It was just someone that was staying at the hotel during the time of Evo that did have um, a confirmed case of the measles. So we're not saying it's Evo, but because of the memes and anti-vaxxers and FGC memes, it is kind of implied that it was more than likely someone at the event. But it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's just uh, really we we're still worrying about the measles. In 2019, and there's confirmed cases at a major event like this. It's a little bit of a scare, but most people do 
have their vaccinations up to date. I did text my mom to make sure, but um, <laughs> I it is confirmed I will not die. I have not shown any signs after the initial 10 days. So I will be here next week. Do not worry. I will not die yet. Not this time. Darn. I think your sister was trying to get you out of the will, dude. I think that's what she didn't tell you. I, I am kind of like, yeah, when I when I sent the story to my mom, um, the first thing she sent back is like, Oh, did like Megan like give you a heads up about that? I'm like, no, she knew about this. She's like, oh yeah, like they got an email like a couple days before the story went live. I'm like, are you kidding me? No one thought to check on me, and you both knew this for a couple of days now. No one's gonna check on you. You'll be all right. You'll bounce back. You're young. Now that being said, in the pre-show, we took a vote to see what part of the community of the SUC is most likely to be anti-vaxxers. Let us know what you think. But I've myself, we all voted for Smash. We all yeah. voted for Smash. I voted for Melee, especially not Smash. Melee. No, I think it'd be I think it'd be Ultimate because that's like the new Smash. You know, that's like the yeah, Zoomer generation new, Smash. That's, Zoomer. that's like below. Yeah. What's below the Zoomers? What's the new ones coming out? Who are those? Oh, we don't talk about them. We don't talk about the newest, newest generation. Do we have a name for? Do they? No, no we don't have a name for them. Yet. No, they're, they're the unknowns right now. You don't know if they'll make it. Oh, God. But, okay. Not, I mean, there's, again, not too much to really talk about with this yet. Do let us know which game you think is the most likely to have anti-vax competitors in it. But, really, do go and vaccinate your kids if you have them. If you're not up to date on your vaccinations, go get them. Like, we, we, no one should go to an event and have to worry about getting a disease. Like, any kind of... Is this a disease? Is measles a disease? Are you serious? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a disease. Yeah, I, I was Immutable just sure. disease. Yeah. So just stay up to date on everything. That's all. That's all I got to say about. It. That's what I want to bring this up. I want to confirm I'm not dying, and confirming that measles is an infected disease. And go get vaccinated. This public service announcement brought to you by Andrew Nibs. It's very important news. But <laughs> anything else we actually want to talk about with this? I think it was just kind of more of a fun thing because I did go to Evo. Um, but is there anything we wanted to talk about out of this? I mean, you didn't know what an uh, CRT TV was, which is, uh, you know. It's a tube TV. Plausible. Yeah, you did not know that until we explained it to you. But I know what a tube TV is. If you call it what it's called, I know what it is. No, but it's a it's called a CRT. Why? What's it stand for? Cathode ray tube. A tube TV. Yeah, but it's called a CRT, especially in the Smash community. They call them CRTs. So so just for future reference, if you're at a Smash. So event, you are a- going to be agreeing with something that you just voted on the community most likely to anti-vax. You're agreeing with what they call things. Well, no, because it's the Melee community. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just said you just said Smash in general. OK, well, let me explain further. So CRTs are only used in Smash. We are going uh, so melee. off course here right now. I'm just no, so point they that only out. use it in melee because they want to get the highest frame rate possible. Because frames are really, really important in Smash, but you don't have to worry about that in Ultimate. Why? Because it's on a different technology. Because it's on it's on Switch rather than GameCube. Something with a GameCube and the refresh rate on a CRT lines up better than you know than a newer system because then it doesn't really. Such a, yeah, good, Frank. such a good little bit of information I actually didn't know there. But yeah, Andrew. Whatever. I, I, I am, I'm done with you. I'm done with this topic. Let's move on to another update again on the story that is never, ever, ever going to end. James, give us the Echo Fox update. Yeah, this so should be a segment on the show. We would, I know, yeah, I would be able to commission someone to make an animated like intro for this segment each and every week and have it take like a month and a half and it would still be relevant for half a year absolutely yeah no dude because i remember like what was it like three weeks ago we're like okay this is the conclusion yeah. this is the final and now we're still going with it because the cronky deal of course fell through or cronkite well i don't know i don't know like i don't know what the name is um yeah it fell through i think we covered that on an earlier episode we, called, we covered all the, the last week okay cool yeah so now what had happened, if anybody would listen to the interview with Richard Lewis, um, this is one of the viable options that um, Riot had offered to Rick Fox. was basically that, that Riot would take over the, the selling of Echo Fox and kind of go from there. Um, since the deal fell through, this is exactly what they did. And as of three days ago, the 16th, um, 
there's going to be basically 30 days for the spot to be sold. So it's all being dealt with internally. It's all being dealt with Riot. And it's an um, open auction, pretty much. Anyone it's an open auction, reach out yeah. to auction uh, to Riot and purchase it. They still have to get approval process and all that kind of stuff. But if you got $30 million laying around, you could go out and buy it. Yeah, exactly, right? So, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see which organization kind of makes their headway into it. Because this will be the first, like, I would say this is like the first new organization. But, it, like, Clutch, because Clutch and... Uh, Oh my God! Clutch and Optic are both gone now, and we get yeah. the two OGs back. We have Immortals and Dignitas. No, Immortals not so much, but I mean, like they were pretty, they were pretty big staple. So I'm, I'm interested to see who ends up purchasing it, who kind of goes in, who takes that risk. Are there um, any big teams left that didn't make the franchising? I remember Digitas being one of them, Immortals being one of them. Those were the two big names I remember. Those and, were the two big ones. And then um, the Sentinels. Um, what were they like? Echo. No, uh, Sentinels were, oh my god, they were Phoenix 1. Phoenix 1. They were another one that I kind of remembered, but I don't remember anyone else not making it. And Rogue's over in the LEC now. Rogue's over in the LEC. So, so the I big can't one think I ex- of who would be. There's FaZe? two that I expect. No, it wouldn't be FaZe. I don't think FaZe is going to go into this market. But FaZe is very global. And they're, yeah, they're mainly content now. I feel like like. Cent- Central, Central America. Or yeah, like more Central America than anything. Um, my prediction is either going to be Evil Geniuses comes back on um, their big NA orc, um, Complexity, because we have talked with them, and then oh, yeah. really getting like some massive funding and everything like that. Um, and then I think those are really the big two that I might see is Evil Geniuses or um, Complexity. I don't know who else would really like throw their hat into the mix. Um, I can't really, can't really think of anybody else. Dylan, can you think of any like big like OG orgs or like big money orgs? Maybe like Astralis, but I mean they're main, they're very very Europe, so I don't yeah. I can't see them coming over. But the nice part is is that it doesn't necessarily have to be a org existing org anymore because you need to think of I mean we have the Call of Duty leagues like starting up right now. Actually, what about no Misfits are again over in EU. I forget how many teams yeah, are over in EU. EU. But I yeah, mean, it's a big, it's a big league. I mean, you got to think. I mean, I don't know who the ownership group behind like the Atlanta Reign is. I mean, there are now teams for the Overwatch League and new investors coming into the Call of Duty World League now too. Like, there's a Minnesota like organization kind of hosting up there that is organizing it now too. So there are now new kind of investors and big names into the org that aren't traditional teams that could claim the spot because like, oh well, we're already getting the Call of Duty World League. Why not just hop in the LEC, LCS at the same time and kind of expand the brand and have it all hit at once? Could be another thing we do see coming that it doesn't have to be one of those teams we already know because of how much new money is hit at the scene since they moved to franchising or kind of announced franchising. You know what I mean? No, it's very true. Like, I mean, we could see like, we could even see like, I like, I would say the teams that I think we're seeing do well would be one of the ones that they kind of move into the LCS, like maybe the Shock. Um, the Titans. I mean, like some of these. I mean, maybe. Oh well, God, like maybe the shock adjust. is energy. The shock is energy. Okay, so that's interesting because the energy used to be in the LCS and they were relegated. Um, it wouldn't surprise oh, me I if they can try and that. get back in. Yeah, and they may they may barter their way back in. Um, I don't think Vancouver has any other major ties. I nope, think they're just tied with a bunch of uh, major sports organizations in the city. Yeah, so I mean, they could go into there as well. They definitely have the infrastructure. Like, I mean, like Vancouver is a wicked spot for esports. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was a thing as well. But energy, like, I mean, again, another older org, another org with a lot of money behind it. Like, I mean, it's definitely possible. I'm kind of leaning towards. I think it'll be new money versus an old org. But you never know. We've seen two new like old orgs do come in this year, so maybe they try to keep it with that. But. I'd like to see what a big new money or kind of came in that comes out of nowhere could kind of do and not have that. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some of the like uh, not some of the like the old guard influence, but I mean, I feel like Riot likes to go with what it know with, with what it knows. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like look what look what them trying to do two new avenues kind of did with them. You know what I mean? You have two new rebrands happening in the 2020 season, so I don't think they want to do that too much, right? Like, I mean, because we're basically back into the relegation and how things were back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you got to think only only one of those two is because of like actually selling their spot. the The optic rebrand is something much bigger and not controlled. The clutch gaming is a straight up sellout from the new one. The optic gaming was just mismanagement from that organization for several years now and it had nothing to do with like actual 
team and the LCS. No, it didn't because actually, like Optic actually did pretty well. Decent. They did what? Given yeah, yeah they, they were quarterfinalists, right? Which I mean, with a squad of like really some mismatched personalities. Like I mean, it's definitely not bad for their performance. It's definitely not bad for the track record, right? It knows it shows that the squad behind the team at least knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know. Kind of moving over the quarterfinals, we can kind of jump back here and there too. Just kind of. Um, LCS playoffs was going on this weekend, and I mean, we're starting to see a couple of teams starting to get locked for Worlds. I think G2 technically locked for Worlds, no matter what placing they take in the playoffs now and all that kind of stuff. And we're starting to start getting really close to that conversation. And why not talk a little bit about what's going on with the LCS real quickly and any other kind of Worlds updates we got? Um, yeah, so we so we do have the G2 lock because they were first place uh, in spring. Um, so it'll be whoever is their – they're basically the fu- whoever the finals are against. Um, and we'll kind of see how that goes. And then the third seed will be decided through a gauntlet, I believe is how the LEC is doing it. Um, with the LCS, though, we already have our two spots locked in. We have Cloud9, who's going to be the second seed. Team Liquid's going to be the first seed. And then the gauntlet will decide whoever the third seed is. Um, we uh, – we did find out that the organization that was bought out by Dignitas, Clutch, is actually one of the most volatile teams out there. Holy these guys, crap. Yeah, these guys are the, some of the most aggressive sons of bitches I've ever seen. Um, I don't think I've ever tweeted out like for a, a team that isn't CLG more in my life than watching Clutch Gaming play. I freaking love DeMonte. DeMonte is by far one of my favorite players right now. Um, and a big, a big talking point for him is he's a native... Uh, NA mid laner. Like, we don't, we don't, he's the only one. He's the only one who stands out. Um, a lot of guys are in academy. Yeah, but like, DeMonte is like true blooded. This is, this is, I think he's from like the Midwest or something like that. Hell like, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I think that's where he's from. And I mean, they have the big cowboy meme going on. Like they fully, yeah, they fully embrace it. So, um, yeah, it is a squad that, no, like, they were bottom of the standings. They were not in a good spot. Such a big comeback. Yeah, it was a really good Cinderella story. So, I mean, like, even if, even if CLG doesn't make it because they got taken out by uh, Cloud9 in a 3-1, um, and if Clutch is their third seed going to Worlds, I'm not even that upset about it. Like, I'm yeah. really not. Um, Optic also has a chance as well, and I believe... And TSM. TSM. TSM is the other one, yeah. TSM the and they, one. Yeah, and they have so many issues right now. I don't think they're going to make it. So. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for those of you that don't know the outcome of the games, we're going in, so it's going to be Cloud9 versus Team Liquid. But um, if you do want to go and watch some fantastic League of Legends, watch the Clutch Gaming versus um, Team Liquid um, play from this last weekend. Like the LEC, a lot of troll games going on over there. So there wasn't necessarily some really good games over there. But if you want to watch some really fun and you have no idea what's going to happen, even though we just spoiled for you League of Legends, that Clutch Gaming series was probably some of my favorite League of Legends I've ever watched within the actual LCS. Yeah, it was really it was really good. They also had the pro voting in as well. I don't know how many people actually pay attention to it. I personally think CLG's head coach got robbed. Weldon got third place. I don't think it should have happened. They gave it to Kane, who was like the head coach of Team Liquid. And if you can't if you can't win first place with a roster like that, then you shouldn't be coaching. So I don't know, dude. I think it's pretty askew. Yeah, I could rant on for that forever. So, but yeah, no, we'll move on. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So again, we are getting close to the worlds that starts up in, I think group stages starts up late September, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. I have to double check that. We're around the corner. It's coming up. So we'll start talking worlds a lot, lot more. And Dylan, I guess anything you want to hop in on here? I know you're not a big league guy, so I've kind of... I had something to bring up before for the the, the spot that they're selling. So yeah. it's up for auction. So it's a $30 million slot, but it's up for auction. So it could go for any price. Yeah. What I'm saying is maybe no one bids on it. <laughs> maybe we just get some money together and we buy the spot. I'll James knows players. He could, fill the, he could fill the player slots. You can manage it. It'll be easy. What do you do? I'll hang out. <laughs> but, you know, did we really expect more from him than that? Yeah, he'd be the face, dude. He'd be our Rick Fox. He'd be our Rick. Oh, God. And, oh, also speaking about Rick Fox, um, on the Eavesdrop podcast, which is uh, Hector Rodriguez's optic guy, hex guy, however you want to know him, um, his podcast, he released an interview with Rick Fox this morning about everything that's going on. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet, 
but the internet was kind of blowing up this morning about how good it was. So that might be something to check out as well. Um, this is a little bit more information about this whole topic. So I haven't got a chance, so I can't talk too much about what is actually in it. But a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. And everyone seems to enjoy that podcast whenever it kind of comes out. Yeah, I uh, kind of read the Reddit cliff notes of that. And it seemed like the narrative is starting to move like almost against Rick Fox, basically questioning how did he mismanage an organization this heavily. Um, but I mean, like he's... He's kind of owned most of his, his screw-ups. He's like, I didn't do my research. I didn't do my research at all. I got into this because I'm a kid. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he can tell he just feels like he fucked up. Um, so a lot of people are, like, you know, starting to, like, attack him a little bit. But, like, I mean, the guy it's not like the guy's trying to be like, oh, no, like, this isn't my fault. He's like, no, I, I screwed up. I should have known who I was getting my hands dirty with. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. I'll ha- I want to listen. I'm going to probably do listen to that too because that sounds like an interesting lesson. No, I absolutely am going to, um, as well. But with that, I do want to just kind of jump into our mid show shill kind of section there um first off just reminding you that if you do have amazon prime that means you have twitch prime and you can support a creator each and every month all you have to do is go up the top right corner by the little star click use twitch prime and it is a free sub that does not automatically renew but it still helps out any content creator of your choice it renews each month and even if you do not give it to us even though it does mean the world to us i'll make sure to give it to some content creator um i know we're going to be using our a lot of our money once we do get our first payout to be paying other small content creators to come and help us make videos do articles and all that kind of stuff and give people the opportunity to actually make money um from their content while also giving us an opportunity to get more content out there for us so if there's any special content or content creators you want us to work with let us know because any money we do receive will be going directly to them and helping make kind of their dreams more reality kind of like what we're trying to do over here with the podcast and popped off yeah so if like uh, if you're a small content creator um you can sign on with us and we'll give you a small content creating package for a low fee which then you can go around and then whoa, sell whoa, your where, where, what? small no 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 that was such a that was such a good chill and then you just throw it all away by making it sound like we're starting a pyramid scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. That's what it is. It's the same thing. But we have already I, have somebody on board. Excellent well, perfect. nope. Now we need to move on. Now, now we can't go into my second part because Dylan ruined it. Dylan <laughs> is just needs to be gone. But something I, I actually brought up, like uh, Call of Duty and everything that's kind of been going on um, recently. We we're talking about a little bit with potential buyers and all that kind of stuff, but. The Call of Duty World League is rebranding coming into the 2020 season. They are switching over to franchising. And what that means is a lot of teams are going to be coming in. A lot of money is about to be dropped. A lot of things are about to change there. And we don't know too much. There are currently seven or eight teams confirmed um, so far. Best part of it, one of them being a Minnesota team. And I think Misfits were just confirmed today as well as a Florida team. But we got some more information from Richard Lewis over at Dexterito, and I'm just kind of summarizing a lot of the bullet points of their full article, but do go and check that out. It's one of the biggest stories on the website right now. But pretty much what it's going to be for the Call of Duty World League in 2020, it's going to be 7 to 10 players per team. Just like the Overwatch League, it's going to be a $50,000 minimum salary. They expect a slot to be worth $45 million in 10 years. Didn't say about how much it was going to be up front. Um, the league is expected to run from July, I mean from January to July. They hope to expand to a total of 28 teams. Damn. And the, they expect the media rights um, to be about $20 million in year one. Do so, they expect Modern Warfare 2 to blow up, or Modern Warfare, like the new one, to blow up that much to like start try, like getting that much traffic? So, kind of taking a step back. So, first off, the $20 million in media rights is probably coming very similar to what happened with the Overwatch League when that launched. Twitch paid $45 million in two years for the media rights to stream it. So, they're expecting it to be about the same thing for the Call of Duty World League. Um, The minimum salary, again, and the 7 to 10 players teams, pretty standard stuff. um, For Call of Duty teams, and then also maintaining that $50,000 for Overwatch League. Um, the ten, $45 million in 10 years, I think that might just kind of be high expectations, hoping for growth. I mean, we've seen um, the League of Legends slots increase. I mean, we saw Digitas 
um, purchase for more the $30 million versus the $25 million buy-in. So they're seeing that expected growth. And then I didn't I didn't look at the article too much, but I don't think the league is expected to be a 28 um, year one. But that just seems large. So I, 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 I guess the question I have for this is for anyone who's not... 28 city-based teams. In total, the league hopes to expand to 28 city-based teams. So that seems like in the far future. Not now, but eventually they want to be city-based, 28 teams. So I I guess the question I have for anyone who's not like super business savvy, Andrew, give us the lowdown. Is there anything weird here? (laughs) No idea what that sound was. Um... No, I nothing that seems really out to place with me. Um, and I, I think a lot of people have not been really on board with how this is sounding. So I was actually in a group chat this weekend, and we were literally arguing about um, switching over the Overwatch League um, format for Call of Duty because of uh, the champs was just ending when all this information came out. And a lot of people didn't understand that like the $50,000 salary, the seven to 10 players teams. I mean, there's a couple things talking about luxury taxes and the most amount you can pay for salary on your teams and all that kind of stuff. But from what's been out so far, nothing seems super out of place. Um, I find it really curious that they want to do 28 city based teams, but so far the seven or eight teams that have been confirmed are all U S based. And they didn't say anything about it being a global league or anything kind of like that yet, or I haven't seen much about that yet. So I'm curious if they're going to do an Overwatch-like strategy where it's going to be heavily U.S.-based and then moving to kind of a more world-based system in the future. And that's why they're saying they want to expand so much. But the biggest thing to me that I really want to talk with you guys about is it's a very short season, July, uh, January, July for the entire season. And they want to have 28 teams competing in that same time frame in that season eventually. How? That that's my question. Yeah, what what the I don't And that's no, such this, a long yeah, off that, season that, too. That, it's a six month off season as well, which we saw was not a good thing for the Overwatch League the first time. And that's why they changed the schedule to make the season last longer for this year. I don't think this is gonna be good because I mean we saw with the Overwatch League, whenever you cram that many games in, people get burnt out and players are just super unhappy with that. So like they do that with this players are gonna get super burnt out they're gonna be scrimming they're gonna be playing games they're gonna be um you know yeah, have their time of pressure, yeah. yeah but i mean okay so again like i said they're not expecting it to be 28 teams um for season one so maybe they expand the seasons as the more teams do come in because if it's going to be like a 12 team league six months isn't that undoable but it's it's going to sound weird because obviously traditional sports do it but I feel like for esports, having a league that large is stretching the overall fan base for the game very thin. Imagine yeah. if there's twice as many Overwatch teams as there are right now. Like how? Yeah. I mean, you got to think too, especially with a, a game that's not as popular as some of the other shooters or even some of the other major esports. Your talent pool gets dwindled down really, really fast. You start like you start going into like semi pro at that point with twenty eight teams, twenty eight pro teams, and I think they have is- confirmed that there is going to be a contenders like version still. So they're expecting there to be twenty eight teams eventually, plus a contenders like league support tier two cod. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, like, like I mean, like just I- question marks, a lot of question marks about it. I I think it can be. I think everything uh, I think, can be done except the 28 teams seems too large, even though we see traditional sports do it. But there's a much larger fan base for that, and those are worldwide like sports. And obviously, I, if they start getting like European teams and stuff, they're going to cheer for those teams. But still, you're thinning out of fan base really thin. Yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get viewer burnout as well. You're not only gonna get you know you're gonna get people who are like I can't watch as many games. We you the three of us went through it. Last season with Overwatch, we couldn't keep up with the games. You know? Or there's too few games. That could be the other flip there's side. The, there's the other thing too, right? Yeah, I mean, that being said, we have seen a lot of esports only do two days over the weekend. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, now mind you, there's a bunch of regions going on. Like, I mean, League of Legends does it. League of Legends has two days where they, they show 
like each region has two days that kind of set is set up. You know what I mean? So you get a ton of the games. They're just not all, you know, they're not all part of the same league and they're kind of spread out. You know what I mean? So you can kind of pick and choose um, as well as times and stuff like that. But just to play the devil's advocate of why I think they might be doing, they want to go to 28 teams. You got to think too, if you told like a 14 year old who was crazy at COD that like, you know, there is like 28 spots, the amount of people who think they can make it and think and that are going to invest into the game, it has like, you know, it has the chance to kind of like, you know, up the potential player base. You know what I mean? It's a kind of like run around way of doing it. But I think like, if you know there's that much chance for you to actually get in and it's not so prim and we like, again, we're moving into like the, the baby stages of the COD world league, as far as like a franchise standpoint with like, you know, like it's been leaked that you make 50 K a year playing pro. And I mean, that's for a, you know, it depends. Like, do we know the minimum ages? I know most of the time it's 18 or 17. I think for all esports, it's 17 or 18. Yeah. It's one of the two. Yeah. yeah. So you tell a 17 or eight year old, 18 year old that 50 K and there's a lot of slots open or there's a high potential that you'll get picked up in a sustainable, and you get a sustainable contenders league. I don't know, man. If I have a kid at that point, or, you know, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, dude, you probably go for this." Yeah, it, it's also weird because it will be the first. Well, I guess we have the 2K League now, but it's gonna be one of the more. It's gonna probably be the largest league that uses annualized releases. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why they're doing a January to well, July. No, no, no. We have uh, we have uh, FIFA. FIFA as well. We have Madden. Yeah, so FIFA. we have the sports titles. This will be the first non-sports title, which you can say stay pretty consistent between games, while Call of Duty changes dramatically between games, that is going to be a major esports league. Because that's why they're running it January, July, because the game comes out in the fall, gives you time to prep for the season, and then you do the season. That's just is like a lot of it's a lot of prep time. I feel like they should only split, they should almost do what a lot of the teams or a lot of leagues do and split it into like spring and summer. You know what I mean? Do three months on, three months. But 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 then you run into the the new game release. Yeah, it's true. if you if you put a gap in there, you run into the new game release. I mean, you could go to August and then there's like a five week gap before the next game comes out, and then yeah, you have true. like six weeks before the new league starts back up. So you already have so little time to focus on that game. Like yeah, industry changes. You'd think it would be the best time to do it though, because when the game comes out, that's when the hype is the greatest for it. And that's when you'll have the most viewers. But now you're like running into the cycle of where you're at the end of the annual release and then the ah, hype for the viewers is starting to go down too. So I, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit worried about this. Um I don't know. I don't like it that much. But yeah. then, you know, I've never been into first-person shooters besides Overwatch, really, That's a third. Um, as an eSport. I know it's the first-person. Well, the, what the? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did this, and then the time zones, like... Dude, and, you're and having a rough TVs. night. I am having a rough night. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, it's a lot, lot to worry about. A lot of questions that I think we need to be answered. And now with the Call of Duty World League just wrapping up yesterday or the day before yesterday... Um, we will be seeing probably that information coming out soon. I mean, that's why this document probably leaked now because they're prepping for the official release, sending those out to teams. Probably start hearing from the remainder of the teams in season one soon after that announcement. Because again, the season's expected to start in July after this new release. So all teams should be announced and kind of the brands announced and players should start being picked up soon. Um, if they're starting to prep for the new launch coming out soon. I mean, Call of Duty yeah. launches in uh, six weeks. So yeah, players are probably already picked at this point, man. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say all of them, but I'd say that, yeah, they're probably being started already at this point. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. It's curious. A lot of information coming out of that, but I think well, there's a lot more information we still need before we can talk more about it. And obviously we will be keeping everyone up to date as more information comes out like we always do. But is there any last things you guys want to talk about on this before we move on to um, our next topic? I know we got two more kind of one's going to be a little lengthier. I hope the God CLG gets a freaking team. Jesus Christ. I'm so sick. We have two esports that we, we have three, we have three that we play and I wanted something. Give me something else. Give me a Wisconsin team. Give me a Las Vegas team actually now. But give me an East Coast candidate team. Give me something. Give me a Montreal team. 
Dylan, fill us in on who is the boomer of the week. Oh my god, I I'm upset about this whole thing. So former New York Yankees player Alex Rodriguez, also known as A Rod, he was just going off. He was uh he was just commentating on a baseball game, and like in the middle of the game, he was just like. You know, today's kids aren't going to outlive their parents because they're all inside playing esports and they're not actually getting out and playing real sports. Have you seen this whole thing? And it was weird. It was like just during a baseball game he was commenting on for no reason. I I mean, it, it is crazy to me because one, he's invested in NRG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like some like his like PR guy was like, Hey Rod, you're an idiot. Like, like so, like I, like I saw the I saw the tweets and stuff going out. Then everyone's just tagging at our energy. Like, come get your dude, bro. Like, no. So I do actually have a question about that. Is he okay? Is this more of like he is a part of like a, a group? Nope. He is aware that he owns this because he has sent a video with his wife J Lo saying like congratulations on something. Like, there's a video of him congratulating energy or talking to energy about something out there. I hate him. I, he, I hate this. So this maybe it's a script. I mean, he might've read a script and had no idea what it was, but he is at least semi aware that his name is affiliated with this org. Cause someone told him to share this video for them. Dude, that would look so bad. That looks so bad on energy too. Like that looks bad for the brand. It's, uh, uh, it's just that is the definition of a boomer mentality there and just shitty investment practices dissing on an industry that is already somewhat volatile volatile volatile, volatile. volatile thank you very much um, it's probably not what you want to be doing if you want to be making money dude that is such a dumbass move man like that is uh God, man, that, that like that—that's almost as bad as the Golden Boy thing, man. Like these Golden Boys in the industry, dude. Classic Yankees player, dude. I swear, shaking my head, dude. Well, Jays, Jays, Jays players wouldn't do this. <laughs> well, that was our Boomer of the Week presented by CRTVs, because only Boomers know what those are anymore. Let us move on to our next and final story. It's not even necessarily a story, but it's something we're following up on from last week. Because for those of you that don't remember, last week, Dylan thought it was a great idea to include in the outline for the episode our thoughts and discussion about Against the Odds. It is a esports documentary presented by Red Bull um, covering OG's journey to the T- uh, TI last year. Well, neither one of us watched it last week, and he didn't think to say anything about that. So we actually watched this week. All three of us watched it. And now we're going to take a couple of minutes here to kind of talk through our impressions about it, talk a little bit about it, and just kind of see what you guys were thinking. Who's going to start? Uh, I, have, I have short thoughts on it. Don't go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, man. So short thoughts. Red Bull production, amazing. Uh, esports is anime, so great storyline, obviously. When are we going to stop with the first 10 minutes of every single esports documentary going, here's what esports is? 10 years. And then it's, also, it's going to be a while. Also, I did have one gripe with it. They were explaining Dota, and the one dude said it was like capture the flag, which is n- very untrue. Like, it just completely not even close. I totally saw that. I heard that too. And it kind of caught me off guard. But I mean, if you, I mean, okay, so I'm going to explain oh, what my thought process was of how you want to explain this to someone. So it isn't capture the flag, except as if you only have to capture the flag once. You have to go to the other team's base and destroy their flag and you win. And that is how they're comparing it to capture the flag. Well, I mean, you might as well say it's like football where you need to run it down the field. No, no, no. The because it's the idea, touchdown. the idea of ca- everyone understands and capture a flag that each team has a base and has a one core thing they have to protect. That is the core of capture a flag. You're changing the rules of football while this is a variation of capture a flag if you really think about it. I do Dude. not agree. It is a horrible way to describe Dota, but that is their thought process from someone inside a Red Bull that was commentating it. I don't like it. I don't care. Is there any other thoughts? A little short thoughts. Uh, no, sure thoughts. Overall, it was good, but like it, 
it ha- it tasted like an esports documentary, and I wish it didn't have that taste. So I'm going to ask each one of I'm going to answer the, my question, and then I'm going to ask each one of you two um, after we give our thoughts. One, is it a good documentary for someone that is interested in esports? I think so. Yes. Just general esports with no Dota knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. If you know very much, like, the storyline, you've been a part of it, you're a big Dota 2 fan, would you say it was a good one for hardcore Dota 2 fans? There's some good memories I I think you can relive, just like how uh, we watched the StarCraft documentary. And I knew everything about that, but it was nice to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was a good story. Do you think it could be a documentary you could show your mom and she would have some interaction with it and enjoy it? I think so. I I, I was legitimately planning on showing my parents when I went down this weekend. My parents are kind of with it, though. They like they watch us. So. Yeah. I, but a I normal parent like, or non-esports person could understand it or have an emotional reaction to it or enjoy it. I think they would. Um, but in terms of like esports documentary, this would be like a level two because they don't really go into it like the super intricate seas of like some Dota stuff. Like it focuses uh, much end, more were, on the story. Yeah. So like towards the end, they were talking about some of the, the heroes that they picked and they just like said the heroes, they didn't really like talk about them too much, which um, me knowing like Dota characters, I was like, Oh, like that's why this is like sick or whatever. But someone who's like, just like getting into esports, they would just go, I have no idea why you just picked the, 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 the well, great God Zeus. So they they touched on that. They touched on how they it was if they were comfort picks, right? Which is like a lot of people understand comfort picks. Yeah, it was just expanding the on the idea of them, and they don't and they don't work together. Those were the two big points. It was a bunch of comfort picks, and it was basically me from a league background says, okay, these are guys that are basically one tricking these characters, and it's a composition that shouldn't work. That's what I gathered from that explanation, right? Yeah. Oh no no no, that totally was it. But I'm just saying, like as someone who wouldn't know esports at all. Like oh, yeah, since yeah. we have like we have general esports knowledge, even if you don't have Dota knowledge, you 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 get you kind of get it. You get what they mean. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I fair. Agree. That's fair. James, no, what you are should you still show this. Oh, sorry. Still show this to people who don't know esports. Um even though it's like a level two uh documentary, I would say it's still good and like they would still get like, you know, good emotions from it. Did you say the StarCraft one we watched is more of like a level one? Yes, yeah. I 100% would say that because uh, StarCraft, I think, especially for viewing, makes a lot more sense because like uh, you just look at it and you're like, oh, two armies crashing into each other. They're moving quickly. That's fair. OK, James, what are your kind of medium short thoughts? Yeah, OK, so I knew the storyline going into like I knew I knew the results. I didn't know the story. And I think that really made it better for me to watch because after like after I heard like one like pitfall after another that this team seemed to experience, I was just like, wait, how did how did they come to like where they were? This this doesn't make any sense. So um, I thought it was like beautifully produced. Like, I mean, like it's Red Bull. I'm not surprised. Um, I thought the explanations were like fairly like, you know, they were fairly like like layman. You know what I mean? Like they kept it pretty straightforward, pretty simple, which is great. Um, I don't really have any I don't have any grudge with it. Like, yeah, this the. CTF thing is a little it's a poor comparison um but I think overall they did a really good job of like really painting a picture for the team and like how no tail kind of did his thing you know what I mean so I uh, overall I really enjoyed it it was a very enjoyable hour and a half um yeah I don't really have any grapes big fan yeah I I'm feeling the same way with it I didn't really have any um gripes with it obviously they could have done better job explaining a couple things here and there but i i I don't think they were doing this to focus on the esports as much but it's this is literally a movie television show anime whatever you want to call this is a story arc i mean this is something that you cannot make up i mean there is betrayal there is multiple failures getting so close comebacks rivals like you you almost can't make up this storyline yet it's a real thing and that's what they focused on. It could have been yeah. it could have been in anything. It could have been in any game. They don't care. It could have been in board games. This is such a good storyline that that's what they focused on and the video game esports part of it was secondary and they only explained it what they needed to so people understood the entire concept. Yeah, I think like I mean this literally goes into like one of those YouTube top 10s of like anime betrayals. Like I mean you ha- you literally have that. Like I mean it is it's ridiculous, man. Like esports is an anime, and, but like 
yeah, like I'm, I'm they they found a very very good storyline and they just and they 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 presented it excellently. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I remember watching this last year. We talked about this. We covered Ti last year and all that kind of stuff. And I was saying that that fu- that finals was what made me want to watch more Dota this year. And now understanding why it was even a bigger deal than I realized was so cool. Because I remembered the emotions of seeing the back and forth, that huge comeback, and having had them to play them again. And I didn't even understand everything else that happened like before that. So it was all 10 times cooler for me watching this without and remembering, experiencing all those things last year. So I'd 100% recommend it to, no matter what your experience is with esports, to watch it. Or to show to people that you want to kind of slowly get into esports and show these people that go through storylines and plots that normal people can associate with, even though they may not be able to associate with the game very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, go on. one thing else to bring up. So, does this mean that uh, we're going to play some Dota this year? No. Yes. I could, I, could, I could go back. I could die back in after. Boys play Dota? You guys got I me into fucking Worldcraft. I can't do Dota too. Pick one. Just one game. We'll play we'll play one game. Just one game for Pekka. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um we, gone. No, I was gonna say me and Andrew did try and play Dota last year. We tried. We were actually gonna record it. We did it, record it and then we failed. did rec- and it yeah, made me never want to play again. We had some major technical difficulties while it was recording. It was a mess and uh yeah, that game is got a sharp, sharp climb when you get it first get into it. But I mean, like it made me appreciate the game that much more watching it, like at a pro level, like watching TI and stuff like that, right? So, I agree. Far, far less newbie friendly than League of Legends. So, what I want to do, something I just came up in the spot here, but as we do watch these documentaries and stuff, I want to come up with a ranking for them. I don't want to give a number or anything like that, but just based on our personal preferences of the ones we've watched, what our kind of standings are, and we always have like a top top two or like a top five going or something like that. Right now, we've only watched two. So we watched Game Changers, A Dreams of BlizzCon. I mean, for the podcast officially, uh, Dylan. So last year, we did an official review. I think they gave us a free code and all that kind of stuff to watch Game Changers, um, Dreams of BlizzCon. And now we watch this one, no review code or anything kind of like that, just yeah. out of fun. Um, and would you guys put this above or below the one we watched last year? I know it's been a while. I'd put this below it. I really would because because Game Changers was about StarCraft. It wasn't about... Like the story, the story in StarCraft were very together. Where with this, it was very much the story of No Tail and an OG, and not so much about Dota. Dota was like the supporting role. Where yep. in in Game Changers, it was it was StarCraft and everything else. I agree. I, I like Game Changers a lot more just because I was a lot more into StarCraft than Dota, and so it just resonated with me a lot more personally. Yeah, and I agree. It was definitely the more hardcore one. It was. And I, and I definitely like the it's kind of more interview style and it went over a shorter time span, but more in detail. So you could really see the uh, the pressure. You got a lot of really good kind of raw emotions and stuff out of it. And it wasn't necessarily a total happy, happy end either, which I usually like that out of documentaries because you always expect a happy ending out of documentaries. So I definitely put Game Changers number one. And this is number two. I still really enjoyed that. But if we had to put it in a ranking, I'd say we do one, too. Yeah, no. Um, do we want to kind of include like a web series into these? Because I think like some some organizations put out some pretty pretty insane web series. Now it's like you know it's not the same as a documentary, but um, we'll come by. We'll take it case by case. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that. But we do have our last um, couple honorable mentions before we do the weekly TI prize pool 2019 watch, which we only have two of those left. But let's jump into our two honorable mentions. Um, Dylan, what happened in Overwatch to you last night? There was an hour long pause. Why? Because mice suck sometimes. Yes. <laughs> we, we, so we're not exactly sure. Kate, if you want to, if you're in chat and want to help us. So Uncle originally broke his mouse. They didn't have a back one, backup one there, but then I think they found a backup mouse, but then they were having other issues. Yeah, the mouse was like the initial thing. Oh, Uncle's character was frozen. So like a major bug in Overwatch. That's oh, weird. Oh, it was a bug? So that's why they thought his mouse wasn't working, because his character wasn't moving. 
Okay. Well, that's, that's really weird. Interesting. That's, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, more trophy live stream mishaps. Yeah. So the, oh, I love these. A, these are great. There was a Pokemon Worlds uh, finals. Uh, I I'm pretty sure this one was actually the card game because um, they they do them all at once. So I'm pretty sure this was the card game one. Um, but this was actually right by me in DC. I, I didn't even realize until I looked at this. I was like, oh, it was just like down the road. Uh, but yeah, a trophy broke again. Classic esports. Um, Feels good. But I really, there's like a there's like a picture of him um, of right after it happened, and it's it's a good reaction phase. Love it. We um, don't know how to handle handle trophies in esports. No. We well, should. no, it's not our fault. It's That's just, why we give the metal place to everyone. You can't break that. Yeah, no, it's the people who make the trophies. Like they give it, and then it's just like frail yeah. because no one frail wants to spend it. a ton of money. I, I strongly believe that everybody should do what Rainbow Six did and just make it a sledgehammer. Like, their, their tr- one of their trophies, or either one of their majors or the Invitational, was just straight up the hammer. Like, Sledge's hammer. And that, like, I mean, how are you going to screw that up? You know what I mean? Like, that- If we ever have, like, a, like a popped-off sponsored tournament, I say that we send people bricks. Like, bricks with, like, something slapped on the front of it. Can't break That's- it. <laughs> Yeah, but then they can throw them at us, man. Not well, not us. We'll give it to them and get away, get a safe distance. Away. Anyone in chat wants to help us organize a tournament where we give away bricks as trophies? I'm down. I can organize it. Bricks aren't cheap, man. That's a, that's an expensive part of the uh, of the process. Um. Okay, let's jump into. We got just about two minutes left here before we have to wrap up. So let's jump into our TI Prize Pool Watch 2019, where the current standings are three for me, one for James, and one for Dylan. Each one of these points will go towards the end of the year prediction king goals, where we decide who is the best at guessing things randomly in esports. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So not each one of these counts as one prediction king point. What? Well, then all our prediction king points are just going to be That's in this because we didn't do anything else. Can I get like a point and a half? We'll balance it out. We'll, we'll, we'll balance it out. I think two points is fine for the winner. All right. All right. Dylan, what is everyone's prediction? Oh, I get you. you guys remember your predictions for this week? Yes, we remember our predictions. Yeah, we do. I don't. Um, I am currently predicting with my standard math formula that has worked so far for me at three thirty three million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars i said thirty four million one hundred thousand i said thirty two million nine hundred thousand i lowballed it and unfortunately the prize pool was sitting at thirty three million four hundred and sixty seven thousand so andrew gets it again i am an unbeatable god i am the prediction king Forever, I am unthrownable. If you what? ever need advice on anything esports, you know which three of us three to ask. The true king. Yours has no heart. You just add a number every single week. But yeah, dude, they would not do a documentary about you. But it works. Unlike the documentary we just watched. That was pure me, art. Me and James put heart into ours. Where we sit in a dark room and we think... We just think about these numbers until we get like a feeling that we reach for. I had a cold shower when right? I tried to figure it out. Like that's 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 how I went through. Well, do you guys know what else you think about? That you're both losers. You suck at this. Well, that was a little mean. I can you apologize? <laughs> no, that was, that was, that was but godless, I can thank each and every one of you that did stop by and watch this week's episode of Project Esports for August nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. Make sure to follow both the Project Esports Twitter and the Popped Off Twitter. Stay up to date on everything we do, including our big announcement coming later this week on the Popped Off Twitter. And we go live every single Monday at ten. PM Eastern Standard Time, 7, uh, 7 PM PST. I got it right. I didn't mess up. I just stumbled on go. it. Um, over here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. Um, all the VODs go up the following day. If you want to watch it, go to YouTube, search popped off, search Project Esports, all in one. Find our YouTube there. Uh, please subscribe because uh, we don't have a, a nice link for you yet. Um, or you can go and listen to the audio version on any podcasting platform, literally any of them, Podbean, 
uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the good ones. I like Spotify. Get on Spotify or iTunes. And James, what should they do if they get on iTunes? You get on iTunes because iTunes actually gives you a chance to leave reviews. Please leave us a five star. That'd be greatly appreciated. We love any of our listeners, any of our watchers. Doesn't matter. Check us that five star. Or like Dylan said, go like us on the uh, on the YouTube's. So he doesn't have to do that big convoluted explanation because that gets really old hearing that every week. It gets old for me, and I have to listen to it every week. Um, reach out to us on Twitter, which every like you know we shove down your throats as often as possible, um, both on the Project Esports and the Popped Off one. We'd love to hit that hundred mark. We have that uh, sick announcement coming later this week, um, and it also has like any of our like new content coming out with like with popped off in the brand, which is usually esports related. So any of our listeners here probably like that shit too. So go check, it out. and you're all goons, everyone of you, everyone. Oh, yes. Yep, we'll always listen to your presidents or whatever the hell you. Oh no, oh, you decided the, sh- the emperor and the shaman, shaman. What shogun? What the hell, Andrew? Ugh, unfortunately, you're, really, you're a bad weeb, man. You're a really bad weeb. Unfortunately, as always, I'm Andrew Nimsgren. I'm Dylan. And I'm James. And thank you for dealing with us each and every week on the Project Esports podcast. We will see you guys next week. We love each and every one of you.